great. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, praise and worship team. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. And we're very glad that you've chosen to join with us this morning. Is this thing always this low? No. Okay. All right. Well, now we're settled in here. So at this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth. You guys are welcome to go back. Why are you guys loving this cool weather we're having? Oh, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. We're continuing in this series, It's a New Season. And we're going to be going to Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 11, and also James, one of my favorite books, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. And I want to kind of start off uh, where we left off last week, and that's here in, uh, in Isaiah. But before we get there, we, last week, just to kind of summarize, we talked about obedience to the Lord, how important it is to obey. It's important that we hear from the Lord, but it's important that we take that next step of obedience. And we talked about that. The Lord can speak to us through many ways, through his word. And so we encourage you to read the word of God on a daily basis, not as a ritualistic uh, exercise, but as, as, as really just to seek the Lord and say, God, what do you have for me today? And so the Lord can speak to us through his word. And we, we have, I think we still have some more reading programs back there in the foyer. We encourage you to read the Bible, you know, one chapter a day, Monday through Friday. And we're reading in the Old Testament right now. So the Lord speaks to us through his word. The Lord speaks to us through prayer and spending time with him. And prayer, I know I'll, sometimes we, we just throw up those little prayers. God, help me today. Or God... Uh, thank you for this food or, or things like that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But prayer really is, is not only presenting our petitions to him, but also taking time to say, God, what do you want to speak to me today? It's a two-way street. And so it's important that we take time, that we find some quiet time and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Share with me your heart. And uh, we encourage you to, to find a daily devotional and read and, and start your day off with prayer. Um, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will speak to us directly. And so we need to develop that sensitivity to the Lord, to hear that small, still voice speaking to our hearts and then respond appropriately. Sometimes uh, another person may be speaking into your life and they may not even realize that they're speaking into your life with the magnitude that they are because the Holy Spirit is just pouring through them or, or God is, is trying to reveal something to you. So he's using another person Sometimes he can use a song on the radio where you're driving along and you hear just the right song at the right time. Does that ever happen to you where you're like, oh, man, I really needed that song. And so there are a number of ways that the Lord can speak to us. But it's important that we have the sensitivity to hear and also be looking for the Lord to speak to us. And then when he gives us directives or instructions that we obey. And last week I shared how the Lord told Abraham to go to the land that he would show him. And that took a lot of faith. We, we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But God is speaking to us as a church to go to the land that he will show us. And I've been sharing through this series, It's a New Season, how God is opening up doors for us globally. And not only locally and regionally, but globally. And so we need to be postured to hear his voice and then respond appropriately. Many... Um, I think there are a number of, of Christians that the Holy Spirit is speaking to 
and they're not listening. Or they choose to disregard him or disobey. You know, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, go down and get some ice cream, we're good with that, right? Uh, if, that's, if that's what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. But when it, when it comes to challenging us or costing us something, are we that willing to obey and hear that small, still voice? And I think that the Holy Spirit is pouring out today. And I think that one of the fallacies in, in the body of Christ is that people are disregarding the Holy Spirit and not obeying and not listening. And you've heard this said before, well, something told me, and you know that we've talked a lot about that, that something a lot of times is the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts. And so the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. And so we need that connection with him. Um, hearing the Lord through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, or through a song, all those things are good. However, it's our response to obey that's really important. And we've talked about instant obedience and how that when the Lord begins to speak to us and, and tell us something, we need to obey. Because how many of you have been there where the Lord begins to speak to you and you begin to think about it and you begin to rationalize and justify? And before you know it, you've talked yourself completely out of what the Lord has already asked you to do. So uh, it's really important that we obey immediately. And in order to do that, we need to know, we need to have that connection with the Lord where we, we recognize that small, still voice speaking to our hearts. And uh, so in summary, last week, what's the first step for this new thing that the Lord is doing in our life? To obey. And we need to always continue to obey the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And last week, we looked at obedience is not always the easiest or the most logical or reasonable thing that, that comes across our mind. But uh, God is wanting to take us somewhere, take us beyond where we are, because left to our own devices, we probably wouldn't get very far in regards to what the Lord has for us. And so that's why it's really important that we listen and that we obey and we follow his commands. Uh, we're, we're doing this series, It's a New Season, and and I've been talking about a lot of the things that the Lord is opening up for us. But you know that we all have different seasons in our life. Now, in Houston, you, you really only have one season, maybe two, right? It's summer, and then, you know, it cools down for a couple of months, maybe. Kind of have a little bit of a spring and a little bit of a fall and about two days of winter. But we all have winter seasons in our life where God is doing something, where God is preparing us for more. And when you look at, at, at the, uh, the, the winter seasons around us, uh, you see that the grass turns brown and, and the leaves fall off some of the trees and things look dead. But, you know, there's something happening as the sap goes down into the, the core of the trees and, and is preparing itself for the spring to produce fruit. A winter season may be a time of struggle and growth for us, but it strengthens us. So when it comes time to produce fruit, there's substance within us to produce that fruit. So my first point this morning is, uh, we're talking about different seasons. My first point is, do I choose to follow his plan? It's a choice that we make on a daily basis. Are we following his plan? And I want to read a devotional. Uh, many of our, our team leaders have this devotional. It's very good. It's called Jesus Calling by Sarah uh, Young, and uh, I would encourage you to, 
to find a devotional if you don't have one. There's a lot of good ones out there. But I wanted to read from September 9th because uh, this ties in well with my sermon this morning. And what it says, and I read this on, on that morning, and uh, to give a little background, there have been some things that I've been praying about, and I've, I've really been kind of saying, God, I need some help and direction and in, in, in what to do in this situation. And so this morning I, I woke up on September 9th and I read this, this uh, devotional. It says, walk with me along paths of trust. The most direct route between point A and point B on your life journey is the path of unwavering trust in me. When your faith falters, you choose a trail that meanders and takes you well out of your way. You will get to point B eventually, but you will have lost precious time and energy. Has any of that, has that happened to you? Where we get distracted and we start worrying or we start thinking about these things and we know that clearly God is in control and he's going to handle it. But am I the only one that kind of loses track and gets lost every once in a while? And so we lose precious time and energy as we begin to worry and ponder and and curse and rehearse and nurse those things. Maybe that something did some something that someone did to us or whatever. But he uh, it goes on to say, as soon as you realize you have wandered from your trust path, look to me and whisper, I trust you, Jesus. This affirmation will help you get back on track. The further the farther you roam along the paths of unbelief, the harder it is to remember that I am with you. Anxious thoughts branch off into all directions, taking you farther and farther from awareness of my presence. You need to voice your trust in me frequently. This simple act of faith will keep you walking along straight paths with me. Trust in me with all your heart, and I will make, make your path straight. And so I began to do that. I, I, again, I was kind of working through some things, and, and we say, God, I trust you. And we know that here in our head, but sometimes it doesn't make it to our heart. And so as we begin to declare the things of God, that's why we're teaching you the word of God. That's why we're encouraging you to speak the word of God over yourself, because it does something in us as, as we hear the word of God and as we speak the word of God over our lives and over our situations. And so this morning, I want you to do something. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I trust God. Tell him again. Say it with a little more confidence. I trust God. I trust God. Now, how does that make you feel? It, it does something in us when we, when we begin to take those burdens and those things that are weighing us down and we take those and and place them at the cross, or we place them on Jesus. So we need to, to realize and, and really confess when we're going through a winter season, when we really need some encouragement, when we don't understand what's going on around us, that we will begin to proclaim the things of God. And that's a good old phrase, God, I trust you. So next week or next month, if you're going through a dry season and you don't understand... Just say, God, I trust you, and begin to tell him that, and begin to remind yourself. You know, we just sang a song uh, this morning, and, and the lyrics say, all things work together for my good. And that's true. But, you know, the rest of that scripture says, all things work together 
for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So that's an important part of that. So let's remember that we need to be committed to the Lord and that all things work together for our good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Because if we're going our own path, that may not work out so well for us. But as we trust God and we say, God, I'm going to allow your plan and your purpose for my life to be the path that I take. And along the way, when I have the stumblings and when I have the dry seasons and the winter seasons, I'm going to say, God, I trust you. I do trust you. Because, you know, we can quickly forget. You look at, at the children of Israel and God did some amazing things. And then it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't seem like very long and they would be worshiping, building, uh, you know, building a golden calf and worshiping a golden calf and they would be turning from God. But you know, they're not so different than us today because we can be very, very fickle. We can have very short memories of seeing how God has moved in our life or moved in a situation. And then the next little problem that comes along, we begin to worry and, and fret about it. And instead of saying, wait a minute, I remember what you did here, God. And I'm going to put a stake in the ground here and remember that that's what you did. It was not insignificant. But how quickly we forget and how fickle we can be as people. So let's not be like that. All right, I want to move on now. Let's look at the scripture that we ended with last week. And that's in Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. And we could probably do a whole series on this, this passage of scripture. I love this. And, and there are times when I'll use the scripture not as a, how uh, do I say this? Not as just a, an excuse for, for things that happen. Have, have you ever had something happen and somebody, or somebody will come up and say, well, why did God allow that to happen? Or why does that happen? There are times when we don't understand. We can't comprehend and so I go back to the scripture because we don't always understand everything that God is doing. And this is why. Let's look at 55.8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. He is not driven by emotionalism. Do you ever think about things because of your emotions? Husbands and wives look at me right now. Does your spouse ever really just tick you off? And, you, and instead of making good decisions, you're driven by your emotions? It happens to all of us. And so God is not driven by those kinds of things. One, he, he's not, we live in a sinful world. There are people around us that are evil and wicked, and there are things that will distract us. We deal with our own flesh. That's a big challenge. But he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And God has a great purpose and plan for all of us. And as I've shared with you, what he has for us as a body, as a church, as Life Fellowship Ministries International, that's bigger than what most of us would probably imagine. And I know it's big because from the, from the inception of Life Fellowship, God has told me he has big dreams for us. So even though he told me that, I'm still having a hard time grasping and understanding the magnitude of what he's called us to do. And we haven't seen the fullness of that. We're just stepping into some of these things. But you know what? I believe him. And that's why we do some of the things that we do is to posture ourselves 
to receive and be in a position to do what God has called us to do. He says that we're going to grow exponentially. He says that he's going to open up doors globally for us. So if we believe that, we're going to do some things to position ourselves to walk through those doors. And so corporately, that's what God is doing. But also God is doing something individually in my life. Something is doing, uh, some, God is doing something individually in your life as well. And it's amazing how all these things culminate and work together for the purpose and the plan that God has for us individually and corporately. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Verse 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We need to understand that we have the mind of Christ that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and give us insight and wisdom, but God's ways are still way above us. I mean, it would be like trying to teach an infant or a, a toddler uh, higher math. I mean, there's only certain things that they're able to comprehend. Now, as they grow, you can begin to teach them higher math and different concepts. And so as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, and as he knows, he says, there's somebody I can trust. There's someone who will obey. There's someone that's listening. Then God will begin to open up doors and provide things for us and do things for us because he sees that we're trustworthy and that we're willing to step out in faith and willing to obey. And so we are like children growing in our faith. And that's why we talk about spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process where we get saved. And then God begins to work in our life. And I, I know that we have a lot of young and new Christians here at Life Fellowship. Uh, a number of you have rededicated your life to the Lord. Some of you have come to the Lord since you've been coming here. And I see the struggles. I see the challenges when it comes to concepts and, and biblical teachings like tithing. And, and, and people are going, well, that's a lot of money to give the first 10% of my increase. And then I see them struggle through that and say, you know what, we're, we're going to do it. And they begin to do it and they see the blessings of God. And they, they're living in a rent house, and then they move into a brand new house with not having to make any down payments. And they see the hand of God. They see how this whole thing works together for their good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So as we commit our life to God, we are called according to his purpose in our life. As we submit our life to the Lord. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Verse 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Verse 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out. And it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Let's go back to verse 10, the last part of verse 10. They cause the grain, the rain and snow, cause the grain to grow, produce, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And so as God rains down his word upon us, it causes their seeds that are planted and they begin to grow. And then it always produces fruit. He says in, in verse 11, in the same way, my word, uh, I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. 
And so every Sunday morning you come here, you're going to hear the word of God because it's producing fruit. It's bringing, it's, it's watering us. It's washing over us. It's washing some of that stuff off and filling us up with more of him. And his word always produces fruit. Some, some Christians are, have a habit of cherry picking when it comes to following the Lord's plan. Oh, I'll do this or I'll do that. Or, but we need to take the whole thing. Because God is working in our life. And, and it's when, when we go through those difficult seasons sometimes, when we go through those winter seasons that really our roots are fortified and that we're strengthened and, and we're built up as the wind blows and, and it's cold and rainy, there's something God is preparing us so that we can produce more fruit in the springtime. I want to share a story that I've shared with many of you uh, in the past. If you've been coming here for a while, you know that, uh, uh, well, you've heard the story before, but the company that, that I left a, a few years back, I had uh, gone to work there as a temporary employee. And, and the way it would work is they would bring in temporary employees. And uh, when a permanent position came open, then they would normally pull from that pool of temporary employees. And, uh, and, and so uh, this six-month job ended up in being like a 20-year job. <laughs> I was only going to be hired temporarily, and then I, I got a permanent position. But how that transpired was uh, there was one position that was open, and there were a number of temporary uh, technicians that were applying for this one position. And uh, then there was going to be a hiring freeze. And so, you know, I'd put in for this job. I'd prayed about it. I really wanted this job. And uh, I saw one of the managers in the hallway one Friday afternoon, and I said, hey, Jerry, have, have you guys made a decision on who you're going to hire for this position? And he said, yes. He said, we're going to hire this other employee that uh, used to work here and came back, and, and we're going to hire him, it looks like. And I said, okay. So I wanted to be disappointed, but I thought, I've been praying about this job. And so I've been asking the Lord for direction, and I had interviewed at another company, and, and I was waiting to hear back from them, and I said, okay, God, well, this is an answer to prayer. So I went outside, and I began to praise God. I began to thank God that I didn't get this job because I knew he had something better for me. And I just began to praise him and thank him, and uh, I, was, I happened to be working a 3 to 11 shift, and I went to my parents' house, they lived like a couple of miles away from the, the uh, facility that I worked at. And I went and had dinner, and Christine called me, and she said, uh, Human Resources is trying to get in touch with you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. She's probably telling me that I didn't get the job. I already know about that. But I'll call her when I get back to the office. So I finished my dinner, and I went back to the office. I picked up the phone, and I called her. And she said, I'm, I'm glad you called. I'm calling to offer you a job. I'm like, Really? And uh, I said, I thought the job was already filled. And she said, well, about 5 o'clock this afternoon, the site director said that there was a hiring freeze, but he was going to put his neck out on the line. He wanted to create a position, and he wanted to hire you. And I said, what time was this? And she said, around 5 o'clock. You know, that was the exact time I was outside praising God. I said, God, I trust you. And what I've seen in my life so many times is that we have this one little thread that we're hanging on to, you know, and we're saying, 
God, I, I still want this or I trust you, but I haven't completely let it go. And it's like when we cut that final thread and say, you know what? Okay, God, I'm going to yield. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give this to you. I'm going to trust you. And it's almost like then God says, okay, now you've got it. Now I'm going to open that door for you. It's like he just is wanting us to completely trust him with every area of our life. And I could tell you story after story after story that, that go along the same line where we just, when, when I just yield my life to God and say, you know what, take it all, take it all, and I'm going to trust you in this, then he does something. When we obey, it's important that our heart is in the right place because I could have gone outside and I could have said, well, God, I... I thank you that I didn't get this job. You know how much I wanted that. Uh, or it's like, have you ever told, or maybe you've heard this example where uh, uh, an adult says, okay, I want you to sit down, and the child sits down. They're sitting down. I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. What's, what's our heart? What's our, what's our heart when we, when we obey God? Is it really, is it really, okay, God, or is it, okay, I'm sitting down, God, but I'm still standing up on the inside? And, you know, the other thing about this job is uh, the job that was created for me was in a different division than what I was applying for. And this was in the star division of the company. I mean, it's like God set me up, man. And that was part, partly how I ended up here in the Houston area, I think, because I was working on this project and uh, God gave me favor. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, I got a special award two out of three years that some people never got for their whole career. And uh, my boss told me they wanted to give it to me two years in a row, but they thought it wouldn't look too good. But, you know, all that to say, God gave me favor. God blessed me. God opened up that door for me to walk through. And it was better than what it would have been if he would have answered my prayer and I would have gone into that other department. It was better than what I could have imagined. And it's always a matter of our heart, guys. We talk about that so much, but it's always a heart issue. Where's your heart? What's in your heart? So how do we handle the dismal, cold winter seasons? We yield to God. My first point this morning is, do I choose to follow his plan? It is a choice that we make. My second point this morning is, when trials come, ask for wisdom. Let's go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. Dear brothers and sisters... If trouble, no. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Are you serious? Great joy, not just joy, but great joy? Really? I thought, I thought those guys say on TV that when you become a Christian and you send your $77 a weekend or a month in, then you become a millionaire and you never have any more problems. Isn't that the way the Christian life is supposed to go? <laughs> Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an, an opportunity for great joy. It goes on to say in verse 2, or verse 3 actually, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. We don't typically grow unless we're stretched. And we don't typically want to grow unless we have to be stretched. <laughs> Am I the only one that feels that way? I mean, you think about it. We don't like to be uncomfortable. 
We don't like to go through challenges or, or be tested or stretched. And one of the most important tests for, uh, for us as believers is just to obey. And that's something that we have to continually do. We don't, you know, move through, the, progress spiritually to this point where, we, where, where obedience is never a challenge for us, I don't think. I mean, we're always, because God is always expanding. He's always giving us greater opportunity. He's always giving us the opportunity to walk in greater faith and trust in him. And so we have to continually determine that we're going to obey. And a test will help us evaluate where we are and how we are growing. I had a, let me have a TA moment, another TA moment here. And TA stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. And that's when I just lay my heart out here. Uh, but I was praying uh, on, on September 9th here, uh, and I was reading this, this uh, daily devotional that I read earlier, and I was challenged with the situation that I'd been praying about. And as I began to just proclaim, God, I do trust you in this. I'm really, really going to release this to you. I'm going to take my hands off of it. And do you know that it was that day, it was a few hours later, God brought a potential resolve to that situation. It was amazing. It was amazing how when, when I just let that go, how, how things just fell into place. And I left here, uh, Christine and I left here Wednesday night after a Bible study. And I was so excited. And I was sharing with Christine some of the things that God was, was doing. And, and I could see how this resolve could, could be falling into place. And we get to Chili's and this person begins honking their horn at me. And I'm, I'm like, well, I wasn't sure who they were honking their horn at, if it was me or this other car. And it turns out that she was honking her horn at me because she's trying to back in and I'm pulling in and she gets out and she starts yelling at me and, and telling me, were you going to drive behind me? And I'm like, no, I, wasn't, I was just going to park. I didn't know you needed the whole parking lot for you to park your truck. And she, I mean, it really ruffled my feathers. And so here I am, I'm on cloud nine, and instantly I kind of dropped down a few notches. And, uh, and afterwards, and she even called my wife the B name, and, and Christine didn't have anything to do with it. She was parked two doors down from me, you know, completely on the other side. And uh, I didn't hear that, by the way. She told me at the table, and then I was like, I'm glad you told me now. I'm sitting down. But, uh, you know, it was just really weird. And it was, it was unacceptable. And I even apologized to the lady. I said, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was sorry for, really. I didn't, I didn't think I did anything. But I was just trying to appease this lady. And, and we talked about it. And we talked about how sad this lady is just so angry and just looking for a fight. And uh, I, I, thought, I, I thought, well, I, I did pretty good. I, I probably... You know, on the outside, about an 80. Well, on the inside, maybe a 60. And Christine, you know, your spouse will always tell you the truth. And when you think you're doing good, they'll always bring you down a couple of notches. And they'll tell you the truth. And you're, you're usually not doing that well. And she said, you thought you were doing an 8 and a 6? I thought this was more like a 4 and a 3. I'm like, really? Cut me a little slack here. How about some more food over here? Can I have some more iced tea? But... That was a test for me, and I didn't do real well. I did better. I didn't do as well as I thought I did, I, I guess. 
But all that to say that God will bring things into our life to test us. And, and so when I look at that situation, I saw how some lady acting really stupidly got me ruffled. It, you know, I should have just laughed it off. I should have not said anything. I should have just walked in and, and not done anything. But I, I guess God's working on me. So anyway, I'm not quite sure why I shared all that. But other than, <laughs> other than to say obedience is hard. You know, living the life, living it out there in the world is a challenge sometimes. And we need to, to just realize that sinners sin, lost people are lost. You know, there's no telling what was going on with that lady. I mean, there's no telling. And uh, so I need to do better in that. All right. So let's go back to James 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when a stupid lady honks at you, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You will be perfect. And we've talked about this word before. This Greek word for perfect is teleios, which means complete in all its parts. It means full grown. It means a fullness of age. It means to be mature, especially in the completeness of Christ-like character. So when we think of this word perfect, many of us think of something without blemish. And that's not necessarily what this word means. What it means is fulfilling what it was designed to fulfill. Being complete in Christ. Being mature. So our spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process. And as we allow God to work in our life, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, then you will be perfect, mature, full of age, especially in the completeness of Christ-like character, needing nothing. When we are complete in Christ, we're, we really don't need anything. Our dependence is on him, and he provides all that we need. Um, the, goal, the goal is not that we incrementally become a better husband or a better Christian or a better father. You know, sometimes I think that that's our mentality about this Christian life, is that we, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a little better husband today. I'm, I'm a little better father today. And I don't think that's the goal. The goal is that we make the leap over here and we become more like Christ and we bypass all those little incremental steps and that we just go to him. And as we plug into Christ and as we become more submitted to him, then we naturally become a better father, a better husband, all of those things. And so we need to just jump into him. Let's quit taking these little baby steps. I mean, we can get there eventually, but why not just jump into his arms? You know, well, let, me, let me go back to verse three. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. Verse four, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Who is James writing to? He's writing to the early Christians that are living in non-Jewish communities. So he's writing to them and he's saying, listen, you need to live it. I know it's a challenge for you. I know that they don't understand the culture and, and the background that you're coming from. But you need to live it. You need to understand 
that they're looking at your life and how you handle things. There may be a lady in your parking lot later today that's honking at you. I hope you do better than your pastor did. <laughs> okay, so James is writing to the early Christians. And this letter was written probably about 50 A.D. And I think that we forget that these letters are written for us too, not just for them, but for us as well. And we should be encouraged and strengthened. The early believers probably had more challenges than we do. They couldn't just get in their car and drive 20 miles, had to get on a donkey or walk. They didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have buildings necessarily that, well, they didn't have air conditioned buildings. They didn't have some of the things that we have. They don't have microwaves. So they had some challenges that we don't face. But you know what? It's still a challenge for us because we need to allow God to infuse our life and walk in the fullness, the completeness, knowing that he's working in our life and he's stretching us because he has a purpose and plan for us that we become perfect and complete, mature in him. What did Jesus say before he descended into heaven? In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he said, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them, training them, equipping them, and know that I'll be with you till the end of the age. He also said to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he's saying to, to go and make disciples. Well, we have to first become disciples. We have to understand what that's like. Jesus tells us at the end of, uh, of that passage here, he says, he will not leave us stranded. He said, I will never leave you. And he said, I go that the Holy Spirit may lead you and guide you into all truth. It's best that I go away. He tells us that he's going to go. He tells the disciples that he's going to go. And we know that we have the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. He goes on to say in James 1.5, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. When you go through times of trials, which we know that we will, it's okay to say, God, I need some wisdom here on how to handle this, this situation. I need to get a, a check on my emotions, God. I need some help because I'm really struggling right now. It's okay. Not only is it okay, I believe... God wants to give us wisdom. So we need to pray for wisdom. Our Heavenly Father wants us to have his character, and part of his character is wisdom. He wants us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He wants those to be resident in our life. But we need to yield to him and, and obey him and, and come to him. And when we're struggling, it's okay to say, Abba, Father. I need some help. Saying Abba Father is like, like someone coming and saying, Daddy, Daddy, I need some help. And that's the kind of relationship that we should have. And when I go through challenges, sometimes my posture is, well, okay. If that's how it's going down, well, that's okay. Sometimes my posture is, God, I don't understand this. Why? Why does it have to be this way? And then sometimes my posture is, God, I will trust you. I don't understand what's happening, but I choose to praise you regardless of how I feel, regardless of my emotions, regardless of what my opinions are, regardless of what I want. I will praise you. I choose to praise you and trust you. 
I will praise you in the storm. I will make a determination to praise you in the storm. And we've talked about spiritual warfare in the past. And I know when I'm under spiritual warfare and attack, because I've, it's happened so many times, I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like. And as I've shared with you guys, the best defense against spiritual attack is praise. Amen. Begin to just worship him. And I'm telling you, that will be the last thing you will want to do. The last thing you will feel like doing. But as we press through and begin to praise God and worship him, there's something that happens that lifts off of us. And so we need to just make the determination that we're going to praise him in the storm and know that he is for us. We need to not just know that here, but we need to know that in our heart. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like when I was sharing this example about this job. And I didn't get it. I didn't get the job. And I said, God, I praise you and I thank you for answering my prayer. This was a clear answer to my prayer. And that's what I pray too. I say, God, make it clear. And close the doors I'm not supposed to walk through and open the ones I'm supposed to walk through because I'm not that smart. So make it real easy for me. And so as God begins to hear our prayer and answer our prayer, we need to thank him because you know what? He had something better for me. It was better than what I would have ever dreamed, actually. And so God wants to do that in all of our lives. Do you trust God? Do you really, really trust God? My three points this morning are, do I choose to follow his plan? That's a choice we make. When trials come, are we asking for wisdom? My third point this morning is trust comes through authentic relationships. And, and what I want to focus on this morning is our relationship with Christ. The target for us at Life Fellowship is that we have an authentic, real, honest relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship should be real. Do you ever go to God and just cry? Do you ever go to him and, and praise him? Do you ever go to him with questions? Is your relationship with Jesus, is it real? Because, listen, if it's not, we're just playing church. What's the point of that? I mean, we could all find something better to do on Sunday morning than come play church. But we can get encouraged and built up. We can encourage one another. Listen, you being here on Sunday morning is not just for you, but it's for others too. That's why we need, we need one another. That's why we need to be here to learn the word of God, to be able to share the word of God, to be able to encourage one another, to be encouraged. But our relationship with Jesus should be real. Our relationship with Jesus should be honest. Come on, let's be honest with him. Our relationship with Jesus results in changed lives. <coughs> and I look across this room and I see changed lives. And that, that really encourages me. I, I, look, I look in the mirror and I see my life being changed. And it not only changes our life, but it changes the lives of people around us. You start with your immediate family, your spouse, your children. It, it, it filters into your neighborhood and the place you work. I heard a story about somebody recently that went to work and a coworker told him, you're different. Something's happened to you. Something should be happening to us. We should be growing. And not just that we see it, 
are not just that other people see it on Sunday morning, but people that we work with, people that we're around should be seeing the change because we are being transformed by the love of Christ. So this relationship with Jesus changes our lives and also others. Our relationship with Jesus should direct our life. We should be willing and, and yielding our life to him. Our relationship with Jesus should help us obey. God, I need some help right now. You know, I really wanted that other job, but I'm going to trust you. Would you help me in this? Our relationship with him gives us strength to go through the storm. God, I, I, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to go through this. I'm going to walk through this. Our relationship with Jesus can bring healing to our lives. Not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically as well. But it's all about a relationship. It's not about religion. How many people do you know that get caught up in religion? Maybe people that you work with and they go to church every week, but do they have an authentic relationship to the Lord? Or is it just a checklist for them? What's it for you? Is it about a relationship? Do I choose to follow his plan? When trials come, ask for wisdom. My third point, trust comes through authentic relationships. The Lord has a huge mission and plan for you. He has a huge mission and plan for this church. And I want you to be honest with God this morning. Are you in with him? Are you willing to yield your life and say, God, whatever you plan, whatever you want. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you had one at one point in time, but you've walked away and you want to come back, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. God loves you. God has a great plan for you. I'd like for you to pray this prayer. You can play, pray it quietly or out loud. The thing is that it's from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I yield my life to you. I give all of my life to you. And I ask you to help me in doing that. I receive forgiveness for all of my sins. And today is a new day. Today is a fresh start. And I leave all that stuff behind me. And I press on toward you. And I receive your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. And I thank you for this new day. I thank you for this fresh start. I'm a new person today. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Father, I lift up this woman to you. Lord, I pray that you would fill her with the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit. God, that you would begin to speak to her in ways that she's never heard you before. Lord God, that you would open her up to receive everything that you have for her. That you would pour health and healing and wholeness into her heart. Lord God, that you would help her to navigate through the challenges that are before her. And Lord God, that you would show yourself more than faithful and that she would see your hand move in her circumstances and her situation and her life. 
God, I pray that her sensitivity to your voice would increase exponentially and that she would hear you and that she would receive everything that you have for her today. In Jesus' name. God is doing something in our lives. God is doing something in your life. And you may not be all in, but listen, if you're not, you're missing out. So this morning, we're going to take some time, and, and uh, I'd like for you to just ask the Lord if there's anything in your heart that you're holding back from Him, if there's any little strings that, are, that have you tethered to some stuff that need to be cut, that you would choose to cut those and trust Him. Maybe you're, try, maybe you're tired of fighting these battles on your own. Listen, when we get tired enough of fighting these battles in our flesh, then that's when we'll turn them over to the Lord and say, God, you know what? I'm tired of fighting this. I'm going to give it to you. This can be a fresh start for you. What is God speaking to you this morning? What does he want to say? And then the second part of that is, are you willing to respond? Please don't wait another hour, another week, another month, another year to respond to him. God is doing something today. And our response should be, yes, Lord, send me. Why not walk in the freedom and the liberty, complete freedom and liberty that Christ came to give? Why would we put that off? This morning, uh, the team is going to worship, lead us in worship. So I want us to just take some time and, and uh, seek the Lord and say, God, is there anything in my heart that you want to continue to deal with me about this morning? The Rubios and I will be up here if you want prayer. If not, just stay there and ask the Lord what he wants to speak to you this morning. our God that he is able to navigate through any challenges maybe you're facing some desperate situations but he is more than able so just trust him and say God I trust you I don't see it but I'm going to trust you through the storm go out today and make a difference in the world around you there are people that are looking to you that God has placed in your path that you can help them navigate through life that you can lead them to Christ because he is the only answer. He is the true answer. Go out and live it. Make a difference. And listen, we have the membership class at 5. If you've been coming here, please show up at 5. We're going to feed you dinner. And uh, we'll talk about the membership class. You don't have to join. But we need you. We need you. We have a lot of work to do. And you need us too as a body. This is a great fellowship. You don't want to miss out. So hope to see you at five. Love you. God bless you. Go out and live it.